Now this morning, we're gonna be looking at five words. We're gonna look at rest and a scripture for that. We're going to look at unshakable and a scripture for that. We're going to look at hope, love, but the first word I want us to focus on is worship. And the text of scripture is Psalm 34, verse three. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. On a day when we have been so immersed in the newsfeed, when we've been so immersed in the, the latest news of where this virus is going, I call upon you, our church family, and believers all over the world, not to worry, but to worship. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. What that means is, let's focus not on our issues, but let's focus on our God. Oh, magnify the Lord. To magnify means to put the spotlight on so that it increases in value. If we put the focus on the virus, things will get out of focus. Now, none of us want to deny the reality of the virus. We need to be alert. We need to be watchful. We need to be up on the latest ways to avoid contamination or spreading the disease. But underneath it all, we don't want that disease to become our focus or everything gets out of focus. Our focus needs to be on the Lord. And the call today to you and to me is, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And it is his name. When you think of our God, our God is sovereign and our God is good. And we can trust him. Today, we put the focus on the name of our God. That name that is above every name. That name that's a strong tower. That name which is the great I am. He is the great physician. He's the shepherd. He is what we need today. And in order to keep the crisis in perspective, today we call each other, we exhort each other, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I want to encourage you today to look at Psalm 46, verse 10. Psalm 46, verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God, and I will be exalted among the nations. God is speaking that to you right now. Be still and know that I am God and I will be exalted among the nations. It's a tough word to hear. Honestly, be still, be still. It's hard to be still. I mean, in everyday life, it's hard to be still. In Metro Atlanta, it is hard to be still. But God calls us to be still. God calls us to rest. God calls us to Sabbath. This word here in be still is not the word Sabbath, but he uses the word Sabbath in the verse prior. This is a synonym to Sabbath rest. God calls us to rest, to be still. He commands it. He, he not only commands it, he models it. Right in the beginning of Genesis, he modeled rest. Six days he created the world. On the seventh, he rested. In Exodus, in the Ten Commandments, right in the middle, he, he told the Israelites to rest. He commanded them to rest. So today, in the midst of the coronavirus, I hear God calling us to be still. Now, it's hard to be still. I understand that. It's hard to be still in Metro Atlanta. But in a time where things are closing, theaters are shutting down, sports is being turned off, the, 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 you're not allowed to go to golf tournaments, there's no NBA on, there's no NCAA March Madness, I want to encourage you today to be still, to hear the voice of God telling you, 
to take a break. It's almost like a, a forced sabbatical. Be still and know. Know that he is God. You see, in our stillness, we are saying that God can do more in six days of me working than me working seven days. You're saying that, that God is bigger than myself to be still and know that he is God. God wants all of us to know that he is God. This is really why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, so that we may know him. Be still and know that he is God and he will be exalted among the nations. I love that promise. He will be exalted among the nations. It's not that he might be exalted. He is going to be exalted. Even in your rest, even in your stillness, he will be exalted. And so I really encourage each of us in this time, to take forced Sabbath, when things are shutting down all around us, when we have time to be still, just rest in God. And in this time of rest, it's not denying reality. In fact, we recognize the reality that there is trouble all around us. And I encourage you, read through all of Psalm 46. It's really an appropriate psalm. The beginning of Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, uh, ever-present help in times of trouble. There is trouble. And it goes on to describe the trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble and, it, and it's swelling. Even in the midst of chaos going around us, even in the midst of coronavirus going out, in the midst of things shutting down, we don't need to be afraid because we can trust in God who is an ever-present help in times of trouble. When you choose to be still, you are saying, God, you are in control. When you choose to be still, you are trusting that God is still on the throne. I encourage each of you, be still. Take time to be still and know that he is God and his kingdom is being advanced here and among the nations. Good morning, people of God. My scripture today is Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. And do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship, deeply reverent before God, for God is not an indifferent bystander. He's actively cleaning house, torching all that needs to burn, and he won't quit until it's all cleansed. Earthly, material things, things that can be shaken, the stock market, governments all over the world will not last forever. By contrast, however, God's kingdom is unshakable. The writer of Hebrews uses this contrast as an exhortation to right conduct. This author makes it plain that God will not waste time with wrongdoing. Yes, he's long-suffering. Jesus gives the persistent sinner an opportunity to live in the unshakable kingdom. God will bring all things present to an end. However, 
we can serve him. And we can serve him faithfully in his unshakable kingdom. The writer of Hebrews contrasts a spirituality of law with a spirituality of grace. A spirituality of law like Mount Sinai makes demands that cannot be endured. They could not bear what we uh, commanded and it produces fear. There's a lot of fear in, in our land and in the world today, but we have an unshakable kingdom. The gospel calls people away from the forbidding darkness, gloom, and storm of Mount Sinai to Mount Zion, where a joyful gathering of believers shares in the privileges of children of God born from above. A spirituality of grace does not require our blood, as does a spirituality of law. A spirituality of grace is participation in a new covenant community where we are made truly righteous and perfect because of the shedding of Jesus' own blood. The same submission that characterized the life of Jesus now characterizes our lives. Do you want to live in the unshakable kingdom? Do you want to literally become in your existence today? Everything around you is shaking, but I invite you today to live in the unshakable kingdom. Good morning. Let us receive the word of the Lord together. You'll look at the book of Romans, chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. And the church said, Amen. For some of you, that means you need to write amen on your Facebook feed or hit the like button. But let me say that, this word over us again today. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Our God is the God of hope. When circumstances around us change, he does not change. He was the God of hope yesterday, last year, a century ago. Today, he is the God of hope, and he will always be the God of hope. And we can take that to the bank, ladies and gentlemen. And let me ask us today, just for a minute, what is hope? How do we define hope? hope. And so we often, in our context and our culture and our, our, our language, we use hope in a way that is uncertain. For instance, right now, it would be like saying, I'm going to Walmart. I hope there is some toilet paper. We are not certain. In fact, we're almost guaranteed that it won't happen. And sometimes we actually use hope in that way is we hope that, and we're actually speaking, we're uncertain, we don't know. What the Bible is telling us about hope is not that hope. Our God is not a God of uncertainty. No, hope is a certainty. As a certainty. A biblical hope is certain. It has an anchor that is an ultimate truth and ultimate reality. It's a future hope, it's a hope of heaven and that future hope changes your and my present reality. Romans 5.5 5 says, hope does not disappoint. So you see, what this verse tells us is that 
the God of hope will fill us with all joy and peace in our believing, in our faith, in our trust. It's us working together with God. It's our partnership in this. We have to make a choice, each and every one of us, each and every day, to choose to trust. And as we do that and we grab hold of the God of hope, then joy and peace flows in abundance. You know, you may say, well, I've had faith in the past. When I was young, I put my trust, I put my faith in Jesus. And that is significant, and that is something that your, your faith today is built upon. But you will not get present joy and peace out of your past faith. So your faith from before doesn't influence today. You have to right now grab hold of the God of hope and put your belief and your trust in, in, in him. You know, there's a lot of tests uh, or talk about testing have you been tested? Someone's coughing. Have you been tested? And that's relating to our physical health. So let me tell us all something. We need to be tested today, spiritually tested. And this verse gives us a litmus test of how we're doing spiritually today and tomorrow and each day we can use this. How is your joy and your peace? What's your level of joy and peace right now? If it's not there, that's an indicator that you have misplaced trust. If you are living for the things of this world, your joy and peace is gonna run out pretty quick. And you know, it's very similar to when I first moved in my house um, here back in July, I, I found out about the water main at the, uh, out at the street. And I had to regularly, as we were getting moved into the house and setting things up, go and turn the water main off. And it didn't take very long. As soon as I turned that knob on the water uh, main, all the water just cut off. And so it's much like that, that our joy and our peace can be turned off just that quickly when we begin to put our eyes and put our trust in other things. But if we put our hope on heavenly things, there is no end to the joy and the peace. And it becomes this cycle that says that then by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are abounding in hope. And then as you're filled with hope, then the joy and the peace comes. And as you operate in joy and peace, there's more hope that comes and the Holy Spirit of God begins to fill you with something other than yourself, something other than what's in your news feed, something other than what's going on around you. And so I just leave us with this hope that the best has yet to come. We need more Jesus. We need more biblical hope. We need more faith and trust, which will bring more joy and peace. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. May God bless his word. Five words. Worship. Rest. Unshakable. Hope. And the final word and the greatest of all is love. And we're going to look at the words of Jesus it's John chapter 13, verse 35. Jesus said, I have loved you. You also should love one another. Church family, the crisis in our nation is gonna give us a powerful opportunity to love one another like we've never had before. Rather than the church just being the people that show up inside a building once a week, let's put into practice what we learn when we are here. As much as we love gathering, and let me say, as your pastor, the hardest thing in the world for me is to say, we're canceling church. It's in us all to gather. These vicarious hugs we give each other, you know, shaking with our elbows, uh, we all look forward to that day being over. But let me tell you, this moment in time, in the history of our nation, in the history of our world, we have a unique opportunity to love each other. I wanna challenge you today, Take time today. Make five phone calls. 
Call a few single moms and say, can I help you this week? I know you're facing challenges to maintain your job and to look after your kids now that there's no school. What can I do to help? Call two or three seniors, the more at-risk members in your circle of friends and say, what can I do to help you? You might be concerned about going out to get your groceries. Give me your list. I'll go do it for you. Let's serve one another. Let's roll up our sleeves and be the church when we can't come to church. But this verse, the love of this verse, of course engages all of us in tangible ways to love one another. But the verse begins with the words of Jesus, I have loved you. I have loved you. And on behalf of Jesus, I want to say to you this morning, I have loved you. Jesus is saying to you, I have loved you. And you may be watching saying, well, how has he loved me? How has he loved me? Look at what's going on in our world. No, let me tell you, the circumstances of this world are not in any way diminishing the good character of God. God demonstrated his love once and for all for every one of us when Jesus went to the cross. When Jesus did for you what no one else could do. What amazing love Christ has for you. Yes, he has loved you. He's laid down his life for you so that you might know the one true God, so that you can live forever. In a day when all of us are fearing for our lives to some extent, we're avoiding the the social contact. We're uh, avoiding any that, that have tested positive. All these factors that we are more conscious today of our own mortality, perhaps than any other time in the history of our nation, or at least in recent time. Let me tell you, there is a time appointed for everyone to die, and after that comes the judgment, but Jesus has loved you, and he is the sacrifice for your sins. But for those of us that know Christ, let me tell you, don't allow the circumstances, no matter how bad they may get in the next few weeks, do not allow the circumstances of life to separate you from encountering the love of God. It says in the book of Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, For I know that neither death nor life nor angels, nor demons, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Don't allow anything to separate you from receiving the love of God in Jesus Christ. Now, if you don't know Christ today, I want to give you an opportunity right now It doesn't matter whether you were born Protestant, Catholic, Orthodox, Jew, Hindu, Muslim. Let me tell us all as a global family, there is one God and he loves you. And he sent his son to die on the cross for you. And today I want to give you an opportunity to respond and receive eternal life, forgiveness of sins. It doesn't matter who you went to bed with last night. It doesn't matter how you make a living. If It doesn't matter whether you've been involved in white-collar crime or street crime. Crime is crime. Issues are issues, and we all have them. But inside every one of us is a soul that is eternal, and you have eternal worth. And I want to say to you again today on behalf of Jesus Christ, he loves you, and he proved it when he died on the cross for you. So won't you right now just pray this prayer with me? Pray it out loud right where you are. Father God, I humble myself. I realize I cannot save myself. But I ask you now to forgive me of my sins because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I take the sacrifice of Christ for me. I receive the impact of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Father, right now, I receive forgiveness of sins. I receive a new beginning. I receive the gift of your Son. I receive eternal life in Jesus' name. Amen.
Now we're not done. Today is our national day of prayer and we are going to pray. But part of prayer is worship. And our worship team is going to lead us in worship right now. And as we do, don't disengage. We're going to pray and please stay with us. Hold the point. You know you're home with the kids. You're going to be looking for things to do later. Just extend this moment a little bit further. Let's worship. Let's pray. Let's intercede for ourselves and for our nation. Let's meet the Lord. Let's sing together. up against us on all sides. We will not be shaken. We will not be shaken. We will not be shaken. Sing that again. Though the battle. And though the battle rages, we will stand in the fight. And though the armies rise up against us on all sides, we will not be shaken.
trust in the Lord will not be shaken like Mount Zion and they will endure forever and as the mountains surround Jerusalem so the Lord will surround his people now and forever Father we pray that may your hands surround our president Mr. Trump and his people and the men around him in Jesus mighty name we pray for our pastor, Pastor Fred and Mrs. Sherry, that your hands will surround them in times like this in Jesus' name. We pray for Liberal Alliance Church. And Lord, we pray for those who have joined us on Facebook, that may your hands surround each one of them in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I declare the passing of the virus over each one of us in Jesus' name. Your word in... Oh, oh, in your word that you spoke over the people of Israel when they were in Egypt. You said, anoint your homes, the doorposts of every house with the blood, and death will pass over you. So, Father, in Jesus' name, may your anointing be, may your blood be upon each one of us in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I declare that may every coronavirus pass over everyone who belongs to Labor Alliance Church in Jesus' mighty name. For those who visit the church and for our friends around us, may every virus pass over you. May death pass over all our seniors and every child and even the unborn in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we declare your supremacy, Lord. We declare your sovereignty over our nation, over our country, Lord, over our people, Lord, over this world. And God, you say that if my people who are called by my name, if they will repent of their sins, I will hear their prayers and I will heal their land. And so, Lord, we come before you as a people, Lord, as a nation under God, under the one true living God. And Lord, we repent, God. We repent, Lord, we repent. Lord, the altars that we have built before you, God, we repent of those altars, Lord. We repent of worshiping idols, God, that is not of you, the true living God. We repent of those idols, God. And Father, we ask, Lord, that you would break down those idols in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, we want to present cleansed temples to you, God. That let those temples be us, Lord, in our hearts. Lord, that you would cleanse us, God. That you would cleanse us. And that you would hear our prayers, the prayers of your people, God. And Father, during this time where the enemy is trying to divide us the enemy is trying to separate us God where they're saying social distancing God father we pray Lord for you to draw us closer to you God that father in one spirit Lord that we would pray for each other Lord that we would love each other more God that we would be more generous Lord we'll be more compassionate God that Lord we would love as you Jesus so God we pray Lord that you will receive these prayers of your people when we cry out to you, Lord, and that you would heal our land, God. And Father, we say, Lord, that we are one nation under God. And Lord, we surrender ourselves to you. We surrender our government. We surrender our families. We surrender everything to you, Lord. And we say, God, to you be the glory and the honor and the praise forever and ever and ever, Lord. That every knee shall bow. That every tongue will confess that, Lord, you are God. So, Jesus, thank you. 
thank you. Thank you that you have even started working now, Lord. And so, Father, we pray for a Holy Spirit of disinfection, Lord, to come and to spray this world, Lord, to disinfect not just this coronavirus, but, Father, to disinfect racism, to disinfect selfishness, to disinfect pride, Lord, to disinfect everything that is not of you, Jesus. So, Lord, we surrender the human race to you, God. And we declare, God, that you are good and your love endures forever, Lord. And nothing, God, nothing can separate us from your love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord, and we declare, God, and we receive these things in the mighty, mighty, powerful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. you're at today, I just encourage you uh, to put your trust in Him and as we, just as an uh, act of that would just worship wherever you're at. Um, whether it be on front of your camera or, or I mean, computer or smartphone, let's, let's just worship Him right now. Let's do that. In Christ alone my hope is found, and He is my light, my strength, my song, this cornerstone, this silent ground, and firm through the fiercest drought and storm, what hides
guilt in life. No guilt in life. No fear in death. Yeah. Oh, this is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath. Oh, Jesus commands my death. time together. Five words. Worship, rest, unshakable, hope, and love. But one thing Jesus has been teaching us is that this is not a word that sits there on a page that we simply think about. This is a word we obey. It's a word with power to change our lives. And as we finish our time together this morning, we want to activate these five words. Would you join together in prayer with us? Father, we declare, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Lord, we will praise you no matter what happens. Your praise will always be in our lips because we know that you are good, that you are sovereign over all things. And you allow even the crises of a national emergency to humble us as a people so that we might look higher than our lifestyle, higher than the stock market, that we look higher than the Democrats and Republicans, higher than the United States. We look to the throne room of our God and we declare your name be hallowed, your kingdom come, your will be done. We declare the goodness of our God in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, we receive your rest. Lord, we choose to trust in you. Some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. We trust in you as our shepherd, the shepherd who at times makes us lie down in green pastures, the shepherd who leads us beside quiet waters, the shepherd who prepares a table before us in the presence of enemies, that we can sit and rest in the presence of coronavirus. Lord, we hear you saying, be still. Lord Jesus, even as you were on the boat and there were waves crashing against the boat, but Jesus, you were sleeping. And then you got up from your sleep and you said, be still. Lord, we receive your word to be still. And we speak to the waves around us. Be still in Jesus' name. Lord, would these waters that are crashing over the coronavirus rising, fear rising, Lord, we step in and we receive your stillness today. We trust in you, our good shepherd, in Jesus' name. I hear the Lord saying, 
Don't kill yourself. Don't do it. Come home. All is forgiven. Come into my unshakable kingdom and watch what I will do in your life. I will give you my peace. My peace I give you, not as the world gives. I give you unshakable peace. Right now, bow your heart, your knees, and say, Lord, I love you so much. Forgive me. I come. Lord, take me. Use me. Minister to me. Lord, I change everything I was about to do. No longer. He says to you, come home. All is forgiven. Amen. I believe the Lord wants to activate hope in each and every one of us. So I'd like to, to repeat after me. I'm going to pray a prayer, a declaration. So if you'd repeat this after me. I cast off now every spirit of fear and hopelessness in the name and authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, help me hear your voice today. Saying over me, I am your hope. Let me hear this voice over all other voices. I declare that I am a child of the King who is choosing to put my trust in the God of hope. I receive now by faith all joy and peace. Jesus, you are my living hope. You are an anchor for my soul. And I receive you. Beautiful. Beautiful. You know, it's impossible to deal with fear without a force that's more powerful. And more powerful than fear, I promise you, is love. Not your love. Not your mother's love or your spouse's love even. But the love of God in Jesus Christ is greater than your fear. That's why the Bible says his perfect love drives out all fear. So as Steve led us in that declaration, I want to end by leading us in this declaration. Would you make it with me? Father God, I receive right now a baptism of the love of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Fill every crack in my soul. Fill every empty place. Drive out all fear. And give me your loving kindness. I receive it now. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Church family, this has been a unique Sunday. One we may never forget. Those that have joined from around the world, thank you for taking the time to join with us. Through this week, many times through the week, in fact, I'm going to challenge us. Every time you look at your watch and it's coming up on the hour or close to the hour, pray. That's at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. Sounds like I'm creating a, a rock song here. Don't rock, but pray. You can rock your prayers. But let's pray. Let's fill our land with prayer. We want God to fill this land with his glory. We want the glory of God to fill the streets of Atlanta, to fill the the offices in Washington, D.C., to fill every office of technology in Silicon Valley. And Father, we pray right now for Northern Italy, in Jesus' name, that you would have mercy on the nation of Spain, on on Seattle, Washington, on New York City, on all the great centers of our world where this virus is wreaking havoc. Father, we shut it down in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, you said 
When Jesus rose from the dead, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. We believe that you have, Father, in the name of Jesus, you have authority over this virus. And we ask you to shut it down in Jesus' name. We pray health here in Atlanta. We pray health throughout our land. We pray sensibility, wisdom, discernment, discretion in Jesus' name. And church family, this is something that we do. And I want us to do it together right now. Would you make this declaration? I put on the belt of truth. Jesus is the truth. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. Jesus is my righteousness. I put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. Jesus is the good news. I take up the shield of faith. Jesus is the faithful one. I put on the helmet of salvation. Jesus is my savior. I take the sword of the spirit. Jesus is the word of God. And I take all prayer. Jesus is my intercessor. I stand complete in Christ. And the evil one cannot touch me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can thank the Lord. Praise God. Let's end with a song. Let's declare that Christ alone sits on the throne of our universe.